0: as we've alluded to on our other shows this offseason, our crack rackets team attempted to speak with every power five men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows as he's making his second appearance. Of course, you know him as one of the winningest coaches in women's college tennis history, a two-time NCAA champion, four-time national indoor championship winning coach, of course, the head coach of the Georgia women's tennis team. Welcome back to the show, head coach Jeff Wallace. Coach, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, Alex. I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me back. Appreciate uh, it. It's always, it is always al- fun being
0: with you. Always a pleasure. I have to say, the Georgia Black Gear is a fantastic look, Coach. And I know I'm buttering you up here to start the interview. That's a nice pullover. <laughs>
1: we got the nice big Super G, right? I mean, no one's gonna miss <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, that's a a block G, a block M. I'm always good for a good block letter. And so it's a good look for whatever it's worth. But, you know, obviously I'm talking to you here at the end of November, fall season coming to a wrap. I want to talk about last year and, of course, preview next season. But I have to ask, given everything that was last fall, and I know it was a little bit easier for the SEC schools, but how nice was it just to have a full fall semester once again and be able to go out, compete, practice as you normally do?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, the the fall before, as you mentioned, uh, we were very fortunate being in the SEC. Our our conference and administrators let us compete in three different events, and uh, I mean, hey, even one is is special, but to get three when you're, you know, I mean, it looks like you're not going to have any was huge, and then you kind of fast forward to this fall where we just kind of were. I guess you just call it back to normal where we, you know, hit the road and just did our, our normal fall schedule all around the country, pretty much everybody. And uh, I, I just feel like for the players and for development, I mean, it, it was just so much
0: better. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the freshmen, because there are many of them on your roster this season, <laughs> but when you lose a force like Katarina Jokic, who is on the short list, was arguably the best player in college tennis the, best, the past five years, if not a top five player these past five years, 17-0 and 0 in dual matches this season, and to have that senior rock at the top of the lineup, I don't have to tell you how valuable that is for the rest of the team, Is it different this fall without her? And, you know, how has the team adjusted? Have, you know, the new leaders, the rising seniors, how have they stepped up?
1: Yeah, well, Alex, you know, every year is different. I mean, obviously, uh, this is my 37th season, and every single one of them shapes up to be a little bit different. You certainly have common threads and things uh, that you want to have the same. But uh, when you lose a player of that magnitude, and, you know, let's be honest, it wasn't just Katerina. It was also Elena and Marta who— you know, between the three of them, the the amount of championships that they brought to our program, their accomplishments, all three of them, I mean, that, that's, that's losing three of the best players that maybe have ever come through here in, in one year. So, yeah, the challenges uh, are, are are certainly going to be there for us. And you take a look at the fall. I mean, for us, the fall is, you know, they're individual tournaments and it's, it's player development time. And uh, I think we really have come a long way from the start of the fall to the end of the fall. And our three freshmen have... Obviously added a lot. I mean, Mel won the region tournament and and just added a great event down there. Uh, Mai, I think you look at her game for where she was when she first got here to now. I mean, she's really come a long way, very excited about her future. And then Gigi is, you know, she's just literally uh, out here, just one of our hardest workers day in and day out. So I think, you know, the best thing about our three freshmen is just how well they have fit in. And, 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 and so, you know, I think our backbone this year might not be the fact that we have a superstar on the number one court. I think it's just, we've got a lot of really good players and, and we're going to, we're going to be really strong top to bottom. I think our doubles is going to be better, but you know, Hey, I'm, I'm always a positive guy. I'm always looking for, you know, how we can win matches, not how we're going to lose matches. And uh, I like our chances. We've got a lot of work to do. And, but, you know, I completely get around answering your question. We haven't played as a team yet. And, and until you start playing those dual matches as a team, you know, it's, it's just different in the fall with how the tournaments that we play. I, I like our relationships. I like the, the environment. I like the work ethic. You know, a lot of things tell me that we're setting ourselves up for a really positive 2022. But until you start doing it, you know, you don't know. And that's what's exciting about it. It's all in front of us.
0: Well, this is why you're a returning champion, because you've set up my next question beautifully. And I think one of the hidden maybe positives of last fall, and in particular talking to the SEC men's coaches, is the rave reviews they offered the hidden dual matches that they ended up playing instead of the individual tournaments. And uh, just so you know, something we're doing here this offseason, trying to interview every Power 5 coach, men's and women's, and I've asked them all this question. I'm curious your opinion, because, you know, what is the role? of the fall season is it to prepare for the dual match season is it to get these individual match play you know matches in obviously the individual matches help you prepare but I'm curious what you think the role of the fall is in particular do you think we're going to see more hidden duels played as that is to your point the closest you can get to seeing your team compete together in the fall
1: I think simply put the answer is yes. And in, in in all accounts. So, you know, these hidden duels, whatever we want to call them, uh, I, I, it is as close to what we do in the spring and it really takes a a fall like individual event. And then all of a sudden you are kind of playing as a team, not completely the same as a dual match, but, but as close to it as you possibly can get. And I think that, you know for me personally i think the the role of the fall is a lot about player development and and just growing in your game and, and and becoming better and and uh developing your team overall and things of that nature with chemistry and all that's going on so you can set yourself up for an amazing spring season because you know that's really what this is all about is if our players are getting better and we have great results in the spring i think that you know obviously from the tennis part of college athletics you know, we've reached our accomplishments. And, uh, um, but yeah, I, I think that what happened was e- even five, six, seven, eight years ago, we started playing these hidden duels. And, and the obvious reason was to get our players, especially the freshmen, somewhat of an experience of what the spring is going to be like. And they've kind of evolved and grown from that. And I would think that most coaches, me included, would have probably answer you, yes we like these a lot and and if we could do just pretty much all these and maybe just a couple of individual tournaments in the fall and nowadays there's a lot of pro tennis going on in the fall so you know that's also happening but uh, i think where our team gains the most value is certainly through these for a lack of a better term mock dual
0: matches Mm -hmm. now i know the actual answer but i always ask what are we hiding like they're just duels. We don't have to hide them anymore. <laughs> like, I agree. It's, it's poor branding. Um, But no, it, it brings up the larger question of, again, what is the role of the individual season? And one way or to emphasize that would be to put the NCAA tournament in the fall and make all of the individuals happen in one portion of the year. Where are you on that argument?
1: I have been and still am 100% on board for that idea. I've been talking about that for years, multiple years. And I've been a proponent of that for multiple years. And, uh, I have always felt like the, when we go to the NCAA tournament, it's, it's too long Mm -hmm. when you have somebody like, for example, in 19, when we were in the finals as a team, and then in the finals of the singles, I mean, I pretty sure I got a property tax bill from Orlando. (laughs) So I was there so long, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a long grinding event and and it just becomes really tough for, uh, someone like Katarina who played the most tennis of anybody in that event by far, almost double most, you know, to be able to make a run and go deep and win that thing, you know, by the time she was in the quarters, it was like, this tournament is over for you. I mean, it took a superhuman effort to get through the quarters. And then in the semis, I'm like, I I, I don't even know what you're doing anymore. This is crazy (laughs) that you're even out here playing. It's almost borderline. Like, should, should I just be pulling her off the court? I mean, and then, you know, she goes out in the finals and, and gives a great effort there, but just, you know, she's dead. Mm-hmm. And, and and so sometimes you're not going to get your best tennis, obviously, after you play a long team, emotional team event, and, and then a grueling individual event. And it's just so much tennis conducive to such a short period of time. It's just hard for people to, to be able to win both. It's happened. We've done it before, but it's not easy. Um, I, I like the, the fact that we could just focus on the team from January to May. We're not worried about individual results and getting in that NCAA singles and doubles tournament. We're just all focused on the team because that's really what it should be about. I think the individual stuff is in the fall, and I think having the NCAA individual championships there makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. And one, I've always felt like that maybe to get our players to actually play more and compete more through the summer, it'd be nice to count some of the ITA summer circuit results and, and maybe even other results. Uh, to use because of one of the arguments is well, they don't build enough of a record in the fall. Well, then let's take it into the summer and and give them opportunities in the summer to play and and uh, and use those results, and then maybe more people will actually play. And the summer has more value because I think through the years, at least through my 37 years, um, it used to be everybody played in the summer, lots of tor- tournaments, and now it's 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 like maybe half the players, if that are playing, you know, a consistent schedule throughout the summer months. And I think there's a lot of development that we're missing through those months if we're not playing. And I realize some have to go to summer school and things of that nature. That's fine. But those that can, um, it would really be nice to to have enough events and have it where there's enough spread out, where you you don't have to spend a lot of money to get to the different events, uh, such as the ITA summer circuit. Use those results. I think you'd see Those circuit pick up and more players would play and we could use those results so we'll have enough results to run an NCAA singles and doubles tournament in fall.
0: So, so many things there. I would love to touch on it. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit, if you'll allow me. The first thing I'll say is, yeah, after that month in Orlando, you have to pay income tax in Florida. Thankfully, there is no income tax in Florida, so it's a win for all of us. But um, (laughs) to your point, because I'll start with this. I'm going to list a couple for you. But one thing one coach brought up to me, and I thought this was the most interesting pushback, because I'll be honest, I tend to lean towards your line of argument. And I agree with you. It's just at that point, what are we doing? you know, that first day of the NCAA tournament is really special. But by the ending of it, everyone has filtered out anyways. Now, the flip side of that is the NCAA team final is a super special event because you do have all of those players, all of those coaches who are about to play the individual event who have filtered in now onto the grounds of the site. And there's a worry if you separate those two events that is the ending of the NCAA tournament dead? Will it be difficult to replicate that special environment that, you know, you could turn to this year, that Florida Baylor match is about as fun as it gets. And I know, you know, it's a little bit easier at Georgia because you guys are never going to suffer for a crowd when the event is held there. But is that a concern of yours if you separate the two events?
1: Well, you you, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, just bring it (laughs) here to Athens and that that will all be taken care of. uh, Of course, of course. (laughs) But anyway, you know, look, there's plenty of things that you can do to either promote that to get people here, mm-hmm. okay? Or you could run a coaches convention, you know, or, or during during that time. You know, yeah. there's things that could happen that could create some built-in crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that, uh, that you're right having a lot of those people there for the individuals. It, it, it does add a few more people, but let's face it, most of those people are just arriving and they're worried about their practice for They're worried That's about true. their match the next day. And they do want to see a little bit of the team final, but they're not staying for the whole match, most of them in general anyway. And uh, so I think there's a a different group that we could target to fill the stands up to make that team final special. I mean, obviously, that just needs to happen no matter where it is.
0: Yeah, or just play the first Summer Circuit event that next week and just, hey, we're playing it here, and then all those players filter in. I agree with you. I think that is one resolution. Now, the second pushback I would have, and you want to emphasize the summer, you know, we all know part of the goal for college tennis is to continue to prove a viable pathway to the pro circuit. And obviously, those summer months are so valuable uh, for so many of the you know highest aspiring college tennis players to go out on the pro circuit and get some points on their name to prepare themselves for the transition. I, my thinking, so this gets me to the final part, I promise. I think that second week of the U.S. Open is just, that is the week for the NCAA individual tournament. And obviously it would take a bunch of commitments and moving pieces, and it's easy to say in theory a lot more difficult to execute. But I think if you could put college tennis on a showcase that second week of New York, where they're always looking to fill court time anyways, there are enough alumni bases in that city to make the event super special and to generate interest in college tennis moving forward. One of the ways I've... Think is just most feasible to do that is to make the NCAA tournament you know to be eligible for that you have to play the spring before so in order to play that September's so you had to have played the January through May prior does that resonate with you at all is there any any sort of thing possible catching on there
1: oh heck yeah I mean I love it playing in New York the second week I think that's genius I think it would be absolutely phenomenal and uh, so I like where your head's at there for sure <laughs> playing the spring before i mean you know i i think that yes and no i mean i guess it excludes some freshmen and, yeah. and then it, you're going to exclude the one and done types st- student athletes uh um but you know i mean i could entertain that option i would l- want to look into that a little bit deeper what that would mean i mean uh obviously you'd have seniors that then aren't coming back the next year and then they don't get to play in it so i see a potential problem there well that would be um, my
0: pushback is those seniors can come back and to ask the school to oh. fund them like georgia would say yes we will go fund Katarina Jokic to play one more week in september but a lesser school respectfully probably says eh, i don't know if that's a worthwhile trade for us that is a concern
1: right yeah that would be a little bit of a concern but uh, you know i think that that idea could be entertained i i still feel like that that those top players will get enough results in the fall yeah. okay so even if they want to go play some pro tournaments and do some other things in the fall i think once mm-hmm. they do play in the one or two college tournaments they play you'd like to think that they're going to get enough results if they're mm-hmm. going to still qualify for that thing anyway if you're that good you're probably going to be winning your regional tournament or something mm-hmm. like that you're going to pick up those three or four wins that's going to require be required to make that You know field because it's you know sometimes it's just you know it's two or three ranked wins that get you in the ncaa tournament i mean it just you know so i would like to think that the opportunities would still be there for them and they could also be working on you know for example what we were saying about the summer if if you use these the ita summer circuit as results okay but these top kids all want to play in you know 25s and 50s and what have you and so they're not getting the results that are counting for the ncaa tournament they come back to school in the fall and maybe they're even playing a few more pro tournaments, but they've got to play and support some college events. Okay. Which would then give them the opportunity for the wins to actually make that individual tournament. If that's what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah, no, I I love it. And the key for me is just in, this is the broader theme, as you can tell is reimagining is the fall circuit? What is the fall supposed to mean? Because there's two routes to go. You double down on the individual's. And you move the NCAA tournament there, or we acknowledge that hidden duels are the better way to prepare for the dual match season. And I just think at some point you probably have to make a choice. And that's why I'm trying to pick all the big brains in college tennis to hear what that choice should be. But with all of that said, you know, again, going back to last season's fall being a little bit different than before, obviously didn't matter for the Georgia Bulldogs as you guys rip off a 23-2 and season. And you know, you look across the board; all of the numbers are impressive. I suppose the fact that you only finish nine matches at five singles has to be one of the most impressive feats in a 25 match season to only get nine results at five. Bravo uh, across the board there. Um, but you know, again, it, it, it was interesting to hear you say you think you might be a little bit better at doubles this season than last. You look at the numbers: twelve and four, and or thirteen and four, fifteen and three, seventeen and four. Did you feel like the doubles may have been because I can't point to any matches and say, you know, two losses to North Carolina and North Carolina State. That's it. Um, That's not again. What was it last season in those biggest matches that separated your team perhaps from years prior?
1: Well, I mean, I don't I I think that in those biggest matches even years prior many years prior it's always going to be just really close yeah and it's going to be down to points whether it's you know especially in this doubles format that we play where you're just playing these six game no ad sets i mean are are you kidding me anything can happen we know i've been shocked that we've won as many doubles points as we've won and been as successful as we've been because it's it's just hard to to be to win on a consistent basis when you're playing a six game no ad set i mean it, it literally you you look at the it match stats at the end. And it's just points. I mean, it's not, you know, and, and against top, like top 10 against top 10, which are, those are the matches you're talking about. So, you know, anything we know can happen in doubles point, you, 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 obviously it's a singles playing format because of the fact that you're playing for six points there versus one. So we all know it always comes down to the singles. I have the same where I say the match starts here, you know, they, yeah. the players on the team always laugh at me because I know what you're about to say. The match starts here <laughs> and, and it, it, it does, whether you win that doubles point or not, but let me tell you, it's nice to get that doubles point. And, and I, I think if you look back at uh, recent history, like the NCAA tournament, I don't even know if I want to give this stat out, but here's how important it is. Every single match from the round of 16 and on the one, the doubles point won the match, the entire tournament. I mean, it happened. The the every match play and that that's kind of crazy. So you sit here and you go, okay, well, you know, it's a singles playing format. Well, at the NCAA tournament, that doubles point became really important for everybody. It really did. And uh, so, yeah, you've got to work on doubles. And I think that, uh, that we've put in some work this fall and and uh, i just think that you know some people are just better in singles and just like to play singles more and, and maybe even through their junior career and and they just haven't played that much doubles before they get to college and and others have just played a ton of doubles and and absolutely love it and they use the all their double skills to get better at their singles so you know a lot of it kind of depends on what kind of players you get when they get here Yeah, but you know, we've always been, I, I, as far as for me as coaching, I really like coaching the doubles. And I think it's a lot of fun playing as a team. And, you know, I spent all these years coaching where every match came down to the doubles and, you know, that was always really exciting too, versus one person on the court where the match comes down to now, potentially it was two people out there on the court. And, uh, and I always thought that was a lot of fun and exciting. And so I've, you know, always felt like doubles was huge. And, uh, so we spend a lot of time working on doubles and, and, uh, I think that I, I just kind of, I, you know, look, I mean, it, I'll, t- I'll sign up right now for our doubles results each of the past two, four <laughs> yeah. years and just go with that and be more than happy. But, uh, I would like to think that in some ways our doubles has a chance of being more elite this year.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting to hear again, that sad and be reminded of that because, That speaks to the depth, right? And it helps, certainly, that there are five classes of high school graduates right now in college tennis. There's just inherently more depth. That said, and, you know, that you have, I I don't believe, 35 years. You can't convince me that it's been, you know, (laughs) 35-plus years of coaching for you. Um, And maybe that's just a testament to the Georgia, again, gear there. But— (laughs) Only five doubles teams last season. And obviously you guys had a ton of success across the board. But in talking to all of these power five coaches, I can tell you five is the lowest number I've seen. Now, you know, you lose your entire number one doubles team, but you have the option and half of your number two. But, you know, you bring back three returners to to the doubles lineup. That said, with all of the freshmen you're working in. Has the fall been about continuity, or has uh, in pairings, or has the fall been about just kind of in, you know ingraining the Georgia double system into all of these players?
1: I think a little of both, um, for, for sure. I think that uh, that you know it's given one thing the fall does do, and even when we play these, we we need to what. what Alex, I got a job for you. You got to rename these things. Mock duel matches. You got to come up with a really good name that's got to catch. And from now on, we're just going to call it that, everybody. But anyway, we'll call it the Alex.
0: Trust me, Alex, (laughs) when we
1: play the Alex, okay? (laughs) um, I'm telling you, it it gives you an opportunity each day to the different partners, and that's huge versus going to a tournament. And for us, it's, you know, we have 25 days, we have seven tournaments. It's not like we're a baseball team and we just play all these midweek games and weekend (laughs) games and we have all these opportunities. It's, it's a condensed small amount of match play. And so when you go to a tournament you go, okay, I really feel like that this could be a great doubles team. Okay. And you put them in and they have to stay together or maybe they lose first round and that's it. Okay. Or they play and they win one round and lose second round. You go, you know, this isn't a team that I really think is going to play. I mean, (laughs) I saw something in practice, but I'm not seeing it in the match. Whereas the mock dual situation, I can, okay, let's throw this group out today. Let's throw this group out tomorrow. We can change partners each day. You get a way better look at your team. And so you can experiment, which is way more important than what we do in practice. Okay. Because we're doing it in live matches. And so I, that's just now the reason I really like it. So we definitely have done a lot of rotation and experimenting in the fall. Um, and and then we've also spent time in practice. Okay, here's concepts and things that we just really want to see everybody doing. And so I think it's a really, to answer your question, a good mixture of both. And I think that's how you figure out, okay, hey, here's a great one team, here's a great two team, and here's a great three team. That's the good news. The bad news is I have no idea what we're doing in January yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there goes that question. I can cross that one off right away. Um, But obviously when you look at the returners, you know, Leah, Meg, uh, uh, Leah, Megan, uh, Morgan, they've been in the system now for a little bit. And I know, you know, for Leah last season, 15 and three at the number two singles position, certainly she got to see some of the best in the country. She performed exceptionally against them. How has that nucleus taken a step forward here this offseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of Leah, I mean, she's really been working hard and she's really been just completely bought into the Georgia way, we'll call it. And uh, I I see her. I think she's setting herself up for just an absolutely fantastic year this this coming year. And, yeah, she had a great year last year. She's she's an amazing player a really gifted athlete but uh, I think that she's just really embraced everything. Her work ethic is just even growing more. Her, her, just the, her level of play has gotten better, better each week. And so I I'm really excited to see what she does. Um, she, she's an amazing singles player. I think she's a phenomenal doubles player, but she's one that doesn't really love the doubles as much as some of the other players, Yeah, but she's done a great job for us. And she's won a lot of matches and, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out, whether she's in the mix, because we, as I said earlier, we have a lot of players and a lot of really good players and a, and, and some really good doubles players. And so, you know, who knows? I, I, I mean, this is just being honest with you. I I really don't know what our doubles lineup's going to be come January, but we've got some time to figure it out. And we'll have some practices in January. And I think that this is a year for that actually is a good problem. Okay. Because we feel like that we've got a lot of options. Okay. What you don't want to be is a situation where I'm saying, I don't really know what it's going to be, you know, because we don't really have enough. Op- we don't have the options. So we're just going to have to default to something. No, that's not it. We've got a lot of options, we've got a lot of great players. We've got a lot of ways that we could go with this. And I kind of see this year shaping up, maybe to be like we've had some in the past where we might start with this, but it might evolve to that. And then it might grow to the, something else, you know, and, and, And I think that sometimes the coaches can get a little bit too like, okay, we're just gonna go with this and and we're just gonna keep going with this and they're gonna keep developing, we're just gonna keep going with this. And and then they get towards the end of the season, they go, this was broken. I should have made a (laughs) changes a long time ago. (laughs) What am I, you know, and that's not gonna be us because I'm I'm willing to to try things even through the dual match season to see where we're gonna be at, because we wanna be at our best for the postseason.
0: Yeah, no, it's I think the most impressive athletic achievement of last year's NCAA tournament was Leah playing in long sleeves. That was just uh, that's a marvel. That's a wonder. Yeah, it's just we just put
1: our order in for next year. And it was a lot (laughs) of long sleeve stuff. Trust me. She really would like this right here. Yeah, no, maybe a little thinner, but, you know, (laughs) she walks the long sleeves really well. And and you just, you know, it's like it's approaching 85 out. Yeah, You know, she's she's good to go.
0: Yeah, no, know. It's, it's a testament to her upside. But then, you know, again, you talk about incorporating the freshmen and there are a bunch of them. And obviously, you know, it was a, a really impressive fall for Mel Riasco in particular. But I'm curious with all of the freshmen and yes, you have a, a nucleus returning. But obviously, as we mentioned at the top, Elena and Katarina and uh, and Marta, that yeah, that was a yeah. nucleus that accomplished so much success uh, for your Georgia program. I don't want to say a rebuilding year, but has it felt like a young team? And how have those freshmen gelled in the fall?
1: You know, it, it has felt like a young team in a lot of ways, although we've got great leadership in mm-hmm. Allie Clayton and Meg Koslowski and Morgan, and, and, and you know, we, we really have a, a, a group, I think, that kind of, we're just a really well-rounded team. We're young. It's obvious we're young, and we lost three great players but I think that we're making up for that in work ethic. I think we're making up for that in just like unity and, and, uh, and just desire. And, and I think our, our tenacity, just, you know, things that we we do and things that I see with, with these guys and how hungry they are and how much they want it and the work that they're willing to put in and the sacrifices that they're, that they'll make for each other. Um, I, you know, it, it actually really excites me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, you're right. You call it rebuilding, you call it reloading, call it whatever you want. It, it's, it's a new year and they're all, they're all new years. And so this is who we have and this is what we've got. And, and personally, I think Drake and I really like what we, what we have and what we got. So it's, it, you know, it's, now it's up to us to keep them focused, keep them working. And, you know, Anya's done a great job too. She's made some really big jumps in her game and, and had an impressive summer and also has had an impressive fall. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the entire group is just, uh, has stepped it up and, and I think we've seen a lot of growth from August to now. And I think as long as we just continue to grow, you know, at that rate through the spring, I think it's going to be a really fun year for us.
0: I love it. Last two questions for you, North Carolina, January 22nd, pre-ITA kickoff weekend, pretty daring, If you ask me, I like it.
1: You know, we did it last year Mm -hmm. and that was our opening match. And so we, you know, had to reciprocate. They came here. So now we're going there and uh, I'm really excited for that match. I mean, it's always a great match when we play North Carolina. They've got a fantastic team and, and, uh, and it's always a battle and it's, it's a lot of fun competing against them. I think it's a really special um, match for me because after the match, I'm going to be able to drive over to Pinehurst, my wife and I, and we're (laughs) going to see the first girl. That I gave a scholarship to Stacy Sheflin, who's now Stacey Sheflin Slumpka, get inducted into the North Carolina Tennis Hall of Fame. And I'm giving her introductory speech. And so that's obviously going to be super special.
0: That is so cool to hear. And uh, I, it's not something Georgia worries about. Would you waive the 500 rule moving forward to encourage matchups like this? Because obviously, you know, this is the sort of thing college tennis fans love.
1: Yeah, I would waive that rule. I would yeah. absolutely would.
0: Yeah. All right. Last one for you. One more rule change. Coin toss. I think it's overrated. I think it's a missed opportunity. In lieu of that, start of the match, one point, drop and hit, head coach versus head coach. Are you in? Winner decides all serving arrangements.
1: You know, my first 20 years, I'd have been all for that. (laughs) Right now, if my associate head coach, Drake Bernstein, could be the one that handles that chore, I'd be all in for it.
0: Yeah, it's an over 50 rule. If you're over 50, you can hand it off to the assistant. I just want to see, again, I'm all in, and then the team can be like, Coach, you've been slacking on the point. Like, you got to step up. Fitness for you today.
1: I think a lot of fans would come out and watch that, too. I I think you might be onto something. That could be Alex... Number two
0: match. Yeah. Alex, too. We got
1: nice. Alex, and now we got Alex, number two.
0: I, I love it. I'm all in for it. But uh, Coach Wallace, again, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. Good luck to you and your team uh, as you prepare for the 2022 season. And as always, you are always welcome back on our show. So thank hey. you for taking the time.
1: Thanks, Alex. Appreciate all you do for tennis and college tennis. Thank okay. you.
0: Of course. Take care, Coach. See ya.